Section two of Chimes from a Jester's Bells by Robert J. Burdett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Deborah Lynn. Chimes from a Jester's Bells by Robert J. Burdett. Section two. The Story of Rollo. One. Learning to Breathe. When Rollo was a very little boy, so small indeed that his feet did not reach one third of the way down to the hem of his long white dress, which reached only half way to the floor, Rollo's father, who never considered it a hardship to himself to tap his reservoir of learning at any time and let a stream of wisdom flow forth to irrigate the sterile intellectuality of adjacent mankind, said to Rollo's mother, "'My dear, I think it is about time that Rollo should be taught to speak English and breathe through his nose.' Rollo's mother at that moment was conversing with Rollo's father's son in a strange uncombed language with a limited vocabulary and a vast number of terminations in i.e. insomuch that her remarks sounded very much like the catalogue of what was formerly known in the United States as a female seminary. For a moment, as is the manner of a woman entertaining a baby, Rollo's mother continued steadfastly to ignore Rollo's father, the sun, moon, and stars, the seas, and all that in them is, the earth and the heavens above it, as complacently and tranquilly and happily as though there were but two creatures in all the universe, a mother and a baby. The effect of this treatment varies upon different subjects. A woman understands it and does not mind it. In fact, even though she never had a baby of her own, she enters into the rhapsody with all her heart. But men are otherwise affected. A narrow-minded man it makes jealous, a conceited man it irritates. It makes an ambitious man thoughtful, a right-minded man it amuses. He rather enjoys it, especially if he has a paternal interest in the infant monopoly. At length, without withdrawing her eyes from the baby, Rollo's mother found time to reply to Rollo's father in a mere parenthesis. She said, or seemed to say, as though her thoughts were far, far away from her words, I never heard of a baby breathing through its nose. Being only a woman, she had never heard of a great many things pertaining to babies, which are matters of commonplace information among men. Then, speaking to the baby, and at her husband, with great animation and intense earnestness, she added, "'Was he is he itty mousy wousy made for, if he has he beezy so he nosy wosy? Wants he beezy so his itty mousy wousy so he does he besoms.' At this, Mr. Holliday, who was Rollo's father, turned pale, and caught hold of his hair with both hands, and held himself firmly in his chair. Thus he doubtless prevented himself from committing assault with intent to do bodily harm. Mr. Holliday was a kind-hearted man, although a philanthropist, but he was also a very wise man, and he knew that the social position which he occupied, which is now termed by those Americans who make money by note and spell by ear, the upper-middle class, did not permit him to correct the women of his household with that freedom enjoyed by the more highly privileged aristocracy and the lower classes, pronounced classes. The environment of the unhappy upper-middle class is indeed very narrow. Freedom lies beyond either of its boundaries, above or below. Either Sean McGonagall or the Duke of Asterbilt may sit down to his dinner in his shirt-sleeves, Either the prince or Nuck Bunkelman may give shady banquets with police court supplements, and the standing of these actors in their respective social scales is not affected. But a bookkeeper with a large family and a small salary, or a preacher, 
must wear a white shirt and a most uncomfortable collar even in the sacred privacy of home life the luxuries of moral and social undress are either too cheap or too expensive for the upper middle class mr holliday knew this indeed he knew about everything that one man could know on the same day and he explained it to rollo's mother although much he doubted if she understood him however he was not a man to be disturbed by a little thing like that the sound of his own voice even in his stormiest moments had a soothing effect upon him sometimes when alone he would set his mouth going and sit in his chair with his eyes closed listening to it as one listens to sweet and inspiring music the healthy child said mr holliday instinctively breathes through its nose until it is misled by false teaching and incorrect training by incompetent women the first thing any child does replied rollo's mother is to open his mouth wide as he can and cry for half an hour louder than a full-grown man can shout he has no use whatever for a nose except to snuffle with well said mr holliday that is because it is a baby and has no more sense but he is now old enough to know better and i am not going to have him grow up with the lower part of its face open all the time like a fish out of water he shall breathe properly or i shall not allow it to breathe in my presence and you must not encourage him in this shiftless disposition to breathe with the greater part of its facial anatomy and two-thirds of the organs of speech and rudimentary mastication so saying mr holliday said to rollo firmly but kindly now rollo close your mouth and inhale the atmosphere by filtration through the nasal passages do you hear rollo blinked his eyes to express that he heard and opening his mouth somewhat wider than it was before breathed through it as easily as though he had had a steady job of breathing for ten years instead of ten months his father was a man not to be trifled with he was a new man who wore bloomers and knew that the old-fashioned ideas about children were all wrong and that a child's education should begin as soon as his intelligence is sufficiently developed to enable him to discern when he is hungry or when the nurse from the agricultural mechanical and chemical training school for advanced nurses of the higher nursing has fastened his garments to the flesh of his back with a safety pin he said rollo you must not trifle with me you understand what i say very well if you do not you must ask me to repeat my remarks more distinctly and in simpler language which is not at all necessary i will not humour you in any childishness now once more i command you to close your lips and perform the operation of breathing through the nasal orifices so saying he placed his hands on rollo's mouth a muffled roar followed and rollo's face became purple rollo's father took his hand away to see what caused the discoloration rollo immediately followed up the advantage gained by his childish ruse by a sudden act of inhalation he filled his lungs with about ninety-six cubic inches of complemental air then deftly depressing the rear of the cricoid cartilage he stretched the vocal cords to their utmost tension which he knew would produce the high shrill note most effective for his purpose he then released the strain upon his costal cartilages sent a volume of air up the trachea and through the organs of phonation whence it issued from his wide open mouth in a yell which even mr holliday who knew more than he could carry at one time afterward admitted he had never heard equalled instantly reversing the action of the expiratory muscles and bringing into violent action the muscles of inspiration rollo quickly refilled his lungs the two saccular organs occupying the thorax and repeated the former operation 
This, when continued for any length of time, is called fretting by grandmothers, weeping by aunts, crying by mothers, howling by fathers, yelling by uncles, squalling by big brothers, and a great many things which very few can spell, and nobody should pronounce, by the neighbors. In a short time Rollo's father was out of sight, having seized his hat and hastened away to consult an eminent aurist, whose name the ethics of his profession forbids us to print. This is forbidden indeed by the ethics of two professions, journalism and medicine. The ethics of journalism demand from forty to two hundred and fifty cents a line in advance. These ethics are hard to get over. After teaching Rollo to breathe, Mr. Holliday said he had a note to pay that would keep him busy in his laboratory inventing excuses for the next four years, and he would permit Rollo's mother to teach his son to speak the English language correctly. Rollo's mother, left to her own methods, taught her little son to mangle the English grammar even seven times more than it was wont to be mangled by the wise men who invented it. She taught him to speak correctly in twenty-five or thirty easy lessons every day. Rollo's mother was a painfully ignorant woman. She had no knowledge of training a child by the carpenter-shop, boiler-room, and general machine-shop methods. She thought the baby's instructions in house ventilation, practical plumbing, village sanitation, mining engineering, the care of the sick, general sewage, water filtration, mind cure, and applied hypnotism might be deferred with safety until his seventh year at least. Poor woman! She had a foolish old-fashioned notion, six or seven thousand years old, that a baby was a sweet little bundle of helplessness, something to coddle and cuddle and coo over. So she talked to her baby in I.E.s and sh's until she nearly drove Mr. Holliday mad, and Rollo picked up the language with wonderful precocity, such is the natural depravity of the human race. Mother and baby could read each other's faces, and Rollo would crow or coo, laugh or look serious, in faithful reflection of the face that bent over him. It was a poor, weak, antiquated method, far, far behind the hothouse and forcing-room system, but it suited Rollo, and he learned all the time. What dreams he had when he pillowed his dimpled face upon her snowy breast! What confidences they had in the silly talk of babyland when he woke and held long conversations of agu, agoogle, agoogly, google agoo, he never told. But it drew them very close to each other. Pain was soothed, trouble was driven away, and fears allayed. The sun shone and the birds sang when the mother eyes looked down at him, and the mother lips rained soft kisses and baby nonsense upon his face. So Rollo lay in his mother's lap, content, happy, studious, learning more and more every day, giving new inflections and startling variations to his original tongue by sucking his thumbs in the midst of the goo-a-gooing, while with his chubby feet, his mother called them tootsie-wootsies, from the stronghold of her lap, he kicked brave defiance at all the baby-building in this scientific half-taught old world of fads, a world that never did and never does and never will offer a baby anything one-half so good and sweet and helpful and instructive as old-fashioned mother-love without a freak, frenzy, or ism in it. Spell and define. Paragoric. Omniscience. Man. Goo-goo-goo-goo. Incomprehensibility. Spoon food, insomnia, pedestrianism, nocturne. What is meant by cerebral activity? 
In how many men does this develop before death? Name one. How many scales has a fish? An opera. Why did Rollo's father consult an aurist? What is an aurist? Has an ass more ears than a man? Why not? How many men think they know as much as Rollo's father? Name the exception. And what was the cause of his death? What is meant by rats? End of section 2